0: Well, greetings. Uh, Good evening, everyone. Good to see so many uh, young people here tonight. Um, I've called my message today. Um, I said, I I put a question. I don't normally do this, but I I put this question. What if I told you, what if somebody told you, what if you were told that there's something more? I'll come back to this question towards the end. Um, But for now, let's go into the Word. If you guys have your Bibles, open up to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. I want will read verses 1 to 5. It'll be up on the screen, so feel free to follow along. Um, they're highlighted. There's some highlighted things and other reasons why they're highlighted. We'll go through them in just a second. So if you're there or if you want to uh, just look at the screen, uh, here's what it says. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulties. For people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than, rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. Uh, and that was the ESV, English Standard um, Version translation. Let's go one more uh, translation. I'm gonna read it. It's gonna be a little uh, lighter. It's called the NLT translation. You go to the next slide, please? Uh, it's a little longer text, a little bit, uh, uh, maybe a simpler text, simpler words. But let's read this together, and then we'll come back together. It says this, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, so- scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will be considered nothing they will will consider nothing sacred they will be unloving unforgiving they will slander others and have no self-control they'll be cruel and hate what is good they will betray their friends be reckless be puffed up with pride and love pleasures rather than god they'll act religious but they will reject the power that could make them godly stay away from people like these Um, an interesting text interesting text here Uh, And here's right off the bat, Apostle Paul, uh, this apostle, this person that God touched in a miraculous way. This, if you don't know the story, he was fully committed um, to the laws. He was fully committed towards his religious studies. And he had some success until God met him. And when God met him on the way, uh, when he was on his way to Damascus, God revealed himself, Jesus revealed himself. And uh, Paul understood at this time that... He was doing the wrong things. He was zealous for the wrong things. God revealed, or Jesus revealed him that the very person that he was persecuting was the person that Paul should serve. And so Paul gives his life completely to to God, follows Jesus, and becomes a person fully dedicated um, to God. As his ministry grew, uh, and as he was going to different places, a person he constantly uh, did ministry together was this younger man by the name of Timothy. Um, And Paul had this father-son relationship with with Timothy. In fact, in some of the passages, he turns to Timothy and says, Timothy, my son. He was investing to this young man, Timothy. And um, as as time went by, Apostle Paul found it necessary to write two books uh, to this young man, Timothy. This Young man Timothy, some people say he was in the ages of approximately 30, and you might be like, whoa, 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 this guy's way too old to be young, to be called young, considering our age, right? But considering the responsibility and the, the, uh, the, the position that he was in at that time, he was, uh, some consider he was a 30-year-old guy leading couple thousand people of, or churches of a couple thousand people and so when you carry that responsibility of couple thousand that's a lot of responsibility for somebody who's thir- who was about 30 years old uh c- considering that he's 30 and he has to take care of the kids you know he has to consider the young people considering that he has to take care of the responsibilities of the teenagers the youth the elders the parents and even those who are maybe in their 60s 70s and 80s he had that that much pressure on him and so apostle paul oftentimes just wrote and gave him he gave him what I call jewels, or gave him knowledge, gave him tips how to be, uh, be, um, how to be a better minister. Um, and here's, here's a passage. Apostle Paul turns to Timothy and says, Apostle, or Timothy, consider this, that as we get close, as life goes on, as difficult times, or as the last days appear, just know this. Know that it will be very difficult times. Times will be difficult and then he goes on and lists uh, the very things that we kind of looked at, uh, looked at on the screen, and we kind of read. Here are some of the reasons why time will be difficult. You know, when you take a look at this list here, you know what's interesting? Almost everything written here has to deal with, a per- has to deal with people, has to deal with character of a person, has to deal with a person's attitude. Nothing here says that you know global warming will be coming so things are going to get difficult you know crisis will come in this passage of course in other passages um uh, jesus does mentions that you know there will be difficulties because of things happening in the world but paul timothy or apostle paul says timothy consider these things times are going to get much difficult why because people because people because of people i want to look through some of you guys and i've I've listed i've kind of found some common themes here five common themes that i i look and i see them practical today we go next slide point number one that i see here and if you take a look at those the yellow highlighted yellow highlights from the text here or actually here's the five different points number one why are times going to get difficult point number one is people will become selfish listed here's what it lists people will become lovers of themselves lovers of money ungrateful unappeasable which means very very greedy take a look at our society today Uh, the idea of the social media right what's the point of social media obviously to point yourself out there uh it's 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 the place where you show who me is it's a it's it's a place where you, you 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 show you present yourself that here's the better of me looks like here's how it looks like here's the successes that that i have that's that's in, in 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 a simplified version that's social media right there hey this is me doing live here hey this is this is me with these kind of filters attached right this is me when i go out in this place this is me vacationing right that's the idea the me 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 and me 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 me. take this idea of of a customer service right you go out to a store or uh, to the, the marketplace, and the customer's always right. That's the idea. And, and you have people running around saying, can I help you today? And for most of you, it's so beautiful. I love it when you can walk in and, and people right away, hey, can I help you? I love that. Or, you know, regardless of what the employers, what their personal life is, when you can walk in a place and you know somebody greets you to smile like, hey, how are you? I love that. It's a wonderful thing. The idea of that is that, you know, we have customers We want their experience to be where they felt special. They felt like this was a place where I got the best customer experience. I'm not against that. I actually love that. When I went to Ukraine this uh, 2019, uh, let's say the marketplace was a little different. They could be cussing, screaming at you. They don't care that you're there. You're here. Why are you here? That attitude. And I'm like, thank God I live in America, right? I'm so happy for that. However... When you take all these factors, we begin living a lifestyle that's saying, that says everybody has to fit and fulfill my needs. Everything is about me. Everything is about my wealth. Everything is about me. And if it's not about me, then count me out of there. And um, What's the point of saying this? I'm not here to, you know, to, say, to go from one extreme to the other to say, if you have social media, take them off. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm just sharing um, Shane, what I think that we should also consider that in these last times, in these last times, people will become self-conceited, lovers of themselves and selfish. If there's one way, if you ask, hey, well, what's one way I can be different today? How about what if I was to look at every action in my life and say, "You know, I'm not going to be selfish." You'd stand out and be a light in this generation today. Cuz like never before, it is so much harder today to do that, to not live a selfish, selfish lifestyle. Point number one, in the last days, it will get difficult. Why? People will become very selfish. I've noticed, you know what, in my, some of my best moments, um, my best moments in life probably came out of a place where I was not selfish. Um, we live also in a society, in a country, in a country, very blessed country, uh, a country that has every need, every need, anything that we need is met. Our essentials are met. If you have food, water, those are considered essentials. Healthcare and some of the, those are needs that a person needs. Clothing, attire, and they're met. In fact, if you were a true homeless person, truly a homeless person, you would, and if you truly try to look for a place to, to, to fulfill your needs, you will find all your needs. There's programs out there. There's there's housing programs, there is uh, food programs, there is clothing places. Where you can have every essential need met, even to a point of shelter. There is that. We live in a country where people's complaints is not about needs; it's about their wants. Take a look at your siblings or maybe your family uh, uh, around around birthdays. Like I have younger siblings, they're like, "Oh, I didn't get an iPad this year." Big deal, right? It's it's not a need; it's a want. And people complain most likely not because of needs. They they complain because of wants. Bible teaches us to be grateful. In fact, Bible opposes those who constantly rebel and complain against God. Bible says, if you have food, if you have clothing, you have shelter, be happy, be content. One of the ways we can be, we can work against, or help us not to be selfish is to learn to be happy wherever we're at what if you go home tonight instead of you catch yourself you know what i want to complain right now because of whatever reason what if you said you know what i'm going to be happy i'm going to be joyful i've noticed some of my most happiest moments were moments where i chose not to complain but to be saying no i'm going to choose to be happy i have all my needs met I'm not hungry. I'm not starving. I have water. I have a shelter. It's not raining. It's hot outside. All my needs are met. I'm going to choose to be happy. I want to also say this, kind of maybe push this thought a little bit further and say this. If there's reasons why people today, one of the reasons, not all, one of the reasons why people are somewhat depressed, somewhat unsatisfied is because of a chosen lifestyle to say, or, or to complain about everything. So I want to encourage you, uh, encourage you guys. Consider this. What if you ch- made a choice and said, you know what? I'm not going to live a selfish life. I'm, I'm going to intentionally choose to make decisions that doesn't put me at the center of all. But considers other people. Considers life. It, it gets the most out of life. Point number one. Point number two. Life will be difficult in the last days because people will be intentionally proud. I say pride has two forms. There's a pride that overexalts itself. A pride that says, I'm better than I'm actually at. That's one form of pride. And the issue with that pride is this, that it gets to a point where you say, God, you know what? Thank you for your opinion, but actually I'm not sure if I really need you because I'm much better. Well, obviously, people don't say that verbally, but when when God speaks, and we say, you know what, mm, my opinion I think is a little bit wiser. We're intentionally doing that. We're saying, God, thank you, but I think I know just a little bit better what what it looks like. When we say, you know, yeah, I know what the Bible says, but mm, I don't know if the Bible is actually practical. Or not. I think I nothing to know a better way. We're saying God's word is not enough for today, and I, we need something else to supplement that. When we boast more than who we are, that's called pride. But there's a second pride that somewhat is deceiving, is when we, we put ourselves lower than who we actually are. Let me explain this. Bible says this, that we're created in the image of God. So if you try to prove to yourself and say, complain to yourself that I'm nothing, that comes out of a place of pride. Because number one, you, whether you want to accept or not, you, will still, you are created in the image of God. You were made and formed by God. You, God had plans for each one of you. And if you don't want to, to believe that, if you don't choose to believe that, it comes to a place where it's out of pride. Let me go even further. When you say, when you're reading, the Bible says that you're a child of God. And you say, I don't know, God. I'm actually nothing. Then in the same way you choose to say, God, I don't know if I really want to believe that word because I think I'm nothing. And that also comes at a place of pride. There's some people that got into a lifestyle of, I'm never worth, I'm not worth it, I'm I'm this, I'm junk, I'm garbage, I'm this, I'm not that. And it comes to a point, it comes to a point where they can't get up because their pride doesn't allow to get up does that make sense what i'm trying to say or not i i I want to bring this point pride's not only about trying to only elevating yourself putting yourself under who god created you to be also comes out of a place of pride i want to encourage choose to stand in the word of god and if god says you were formed even before you were formed, even in your mother's womb, God is there, He planned, He knows everything. Choose to believe that, whether you feel like it or not, choose to believe it. Consider that there's two forms of pride. In the last day, things will get difficult. And I see difficulties from both. When people overboast about themselves, it it, it brings it brings disaster, right? Nobody wants to be around such people. But from a different side, when you hang around a person who's always like, I'm never good enough, I'm never this, like that, this, this, that. There is moments. There's moments when we don't feel things, but sometimes in the last days things would get difficult too. Places like depression, places like anxiety. Not always. Some factors is comes out of pride too. Not willing to stand on the word of God. Not willing to believe and take God for His word for it. So, here's a second thought that I wanted to share. Point number three: Last days will be difficult because people will be rude. And what the context that we said here is abusive, heartless, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, reckless. You know, these, these uh, things that I, I mentioned, this is characteristics of people being rude. How about this? Um, slanderous. That's a fancy word for, for gossiping or pointing fingers at somebody else. Speaking. Um, with, with, with double intention. You know, up front, you talk to someone, oh, man and woman of God. But with somebody else, you're like, but did you hear, but did you know what this person did? You know, this comes at a place of being rude. You know, every generation had their own way of form rude. But the Bible says that even in the last days, people will become rude. People will become heartless. People will become, will, will be, be slanders without self-control, brutal, reckless. Point number four, people are called it will become wicked or immoral. Here's what the Bible says, people will be disobedient to their parents, unholy, not loving good, treacherous, lovers of pleasure rather than God. One of the reasons why times will be difficult in the end days, in the times that we live today is because people will choose to do what is wicked in front of before God. Um, let's let me take a simple one. Let me take a simple one. Here's what it says, disobedient to parents. At first glance it's like what's the big deal now? It's not really that not wicked but you know what if to the older more mature the bible speaks about commandments to the children there's not much demand but there's one simple yet practical ask or 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 commandment which is honor your parents obey your parents if we're still living under the roof of our parents take this as as a commandment for you in the it is biblical new old testament didn't change Obey, respect, honor your parents. If you're a child, obey your parents. Now, if you're older now, getting more mature, learn how to honor your parents. Learn how to honor your parents. From that comes blessings. From, from, from that comes, there's a lot of mistakes that we can avoid in our own personal life when we choose to honor and obey our parents. They've lived through something. Consider this. Next time you, you want to just go against your parents, consider this. What if their advice they're giving you comes out of place because they made some mistakes. Your parents made mistakes in life. They don't want you to repeat it. And sometimes we say, no, no, like you don't understand. You never know. What if they do understand? They say, hey, I want to offer you good advice so you don't make the same mistakes. They lived a little bit longer. Your parents lived a little bit longer. They know a little bit more. Consider this, that things will get difficult. We live in a society today where children's, have a lot of rights a lot of opinions and uh, and and they we live in an environment a place where people or young people um, want to express their opinions on those are great that's good that we have a place like that but sometimes at the cost of a disobedience to our parents at the cost of disobedience to your parents you know what, uh, one other thing that i've learned when you learn to obey parents who are the authority in your life at a young age you actually learn how to obey any authority if you have issues with with authority with obeying parents it develops a character where you will have issue with any authority in life In at workplaces you'll have issues with authority in the church place you'll grow up and you'll have issues with the leaders leadership authority in church you know i see right now very common. there's a lot of movements going on you know this great movements sometimes great movements prayer movements these movements i study them because the nature of my job requires for me to look into them more some of them, not all, some of them, are launched at the cost of disobeying authority. You parents, you guys don't know anything. We're gonna go serve God. No, 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 no. If your parent isn't blessing you when you want to start something, consider why they're not blessing you in those things. If the church isn't as full support, if you're not willing to do things with church, if you with church, if you're willing to do something excluding the church, consider, consider. Why are you doing those things? Things, the Bible says that the church will stand. Church and the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against the church. If you want to start something, do something. Do with the authority, the blessings of of the authority. With the blessing of the parents, the blessing of the church. With the blessings of of, of leadership and authority into your life. One of the reasons why sometimes things, why there's a lot of separation one of the reasons why there's a lot of discord, even among the, the 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 Christian believers, is because is because authority is being despised. Authority is not being taken into consideration. Uh, and this and this is just one of it. I talked only about disobedient being disobedient to parents, but consider the times that we're living too. Right is being called wrong, and wrong is being called right. Um, we obviously live in a society where even even genders. Are, are, are being or the definition of marriage is redefined lots of things are being de- de- redefined i'm saying this so that we're not surprised that the bible said mentioned this that times will get difficult people will become more wicked in, in a lot of different forms last part uh, this verse really stand, stood out to me when i was reading it um, it says that people will have the appearance of godliness but denying its power and here's what i thought i said the word fake why? Because people are wanting this appearance of like I'm holy, I'm good, I'm I have this appearance of 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 gods with me. But when it comes to the power to actually do the work that calls us to do, there's no power. Why? Because there's this counterfeit attitude. If you guys know what the uh, what this word means, counterfeit, it's it's something presented presenting something without actually being the real thing right there's counterfeit money where it's printed money but it's not the real money you know there's a way of doing church there's a way of doing christianity where outer appearance maybe the words that we speak are the right words but the life isn't there to represent that and one of the reasons things will get difficult in last time is because the lifestyle doesn't reflect the words the lifestyle doesn't reflect maybe even we're doing we can perhaps be on stage singing you know holy or god or god we just want to glorify you but if i truly stand before myself and say does my lifestyle really reflect those words sometimes we could be caught that there's no power in life because there's a disconnect between our words and our lifestyle and i'm not only pulling out the worship team by no means i'm just using this example. Somebody behind this pulpit could do the same thing. Somebody saying the right things or maybe even having the appearance of, of, of a holy person, yet in their private room behind maybe the electronics, they're doing things that isn't right before the Lord. You know, that has this fake component sorry for the word, but fake counterfeit component to Christianity, to lifestyle. And things will get difficult also because people want to have the form. Or have the, you want to have this appearance of godliness. Yet there's no power associated to it because the lifestyle isn't there. I don't want to be so depressing. Um, I want to now change it. Uh, change it up. A bit. what do we do? Uh, five things. What if, what if we were to change our attitudes and instead of being selfish, we said, you know what? I want to live a lifestyle that isn't just full of me but I want to take in consideration others. What if we chose a lifestyle to say, I'm going to take God for his word, whatever it is, and I'm going to believe it, I'm going to live by it. And we, we don't choose to, to, to be a, proud, um, a prideful person, but we choose to take God for his word. What if we were to love people instead of being rude to people? What if we were to say, no, God, I'm going to take you and your word, and whatever you say wrong is wrong, whatever you say is right is right. And I want to do, God, I'm obviously going to make mistakes, but I'm going to choose to do what's right. Instead of being wicked, I want to be a person that does the right ways. What if, God, what if we made the decision and said, God, I make mistakes along the way, but I don't want to be a person who's counterfeit, a person. I don't want to be a person who lives a life, a a double-sided life, a, a fake lifestyle. God, I want your glory and your power that comes from God what you've spoken God I want what you've done through men of God to God you to do the same thing to me God what if what if we said God I am willing to pay a cost for that God if you buy, if the word of God says that you know through fasting and prayer comes power God I'm willing to stand every day or maybe not every day but every week one day a week or one day a month I want to stand and fasting and prayer yeah it's it's uncomfortable it it, it, my body is is screaming left and right that i want food and water but god i'm willing to pay that cost because i want power in my life what if what if we say you know i really want to just say something very negative and rude to somebody but the bible says to love her my enemy oh it hurts to why does it have to be hard but you say you know what i'm going to pay that cost to to pray for my enemies to, to love them back what if? What if you're in those moments where it's, if I just say this little lie, oh, how far i will get. But, you know what? I'm going to pay the full cost to speak nothing but the truth. You know, God is behind such a person, and there's power associated with that. Um, I'm going to tr- uh, transition to a next uh, reading passage, and I'll be connecting it. Um, if you, let's take a look at uh, the next passage, Second Timothy, just his chapter before. Um, Verses twenty to twenty-two. Here's what it says: Now in a great um, perfect. Now in a great house, there's not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use. Set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Check this verse out. I love it. So flee useful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, and along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. I'm going to go through five different things that I found from this verse 22. Number one. It talks when it says, so flee youthful passions. Feel free to next, go on to the next slide. So flee youthful passions. It's talking about a life of purity here. A life of purity. There's, I'm going to be blunt as it is, we during teenagers go through a period of time where our bodies are changing and there's a natural thing. It's a natural thing for us to experience love and attraction for somebody else. But that needs to be under self-control. And the Bible says here: "Flee youthful passions. Flee from them." Um, I grew up uh, in in a Pentecostal home. My my father's a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor. So we're always constantly in church. And Oftentimes we'd go to these prayer services and God would speak prophetic word. From a young age, the Lord spoke prophetic word to me. And about half the prof- prophecy I received, the Lord said, or purity, purity. And here we go, like the next prophecy i would get, I'll i sit there and I'm like, here it is, here it is. Oh, there it goes. Purity again, purity again. Um, you guys know you pastor, uh, former pastor, Pastor Peter Sanker, right? Uh, this was a man that I loved, I respected. After I... I became uh, one of the youth leaders working with the churches. Uh, one of my goals, and I, I really was looking forward to look working with Pastor Peter Sienko. Uh, we have this thing, we meet with pastors once a month, um, all the pastors there. Pastor Peter Sienko at that time was there too, and he was such a wise man. I love that he'd sit there sometimes quietly, he'll say something I'm like, why didn't you say this 15 minutes ago? We could have avoided like an hour of conversation. Such a smart man. I really miss him. And, and one of the things I was looking for when I entered this new role of being with, working with youth leaders is, is to be around him a little more. And I got an opportunity a few times, and one of the times, one of my earlier times, um, there was me, uh, my pastor, and it and just Pastor Peter Sienko. We're sitting in a little circle, of talk, talking, and I'm like, oh, this is a beautiful moment. And here I am like dreaming that Pastor Peter would put his hands on me uh, they say some spiritual things and pray over me, you know. I'm like, here it comes, here it comes. And he gives me this one simple advice, like, Sergi, I'm like, are you serious? Here it goes again, purity. You know what? The older I get as I go, I actually realize it is such an important thing. And it it's such a simple message, purity, purity. Yet it is such a powerful thing. It is such a powerful thing. Our hearts, our thoughts, our actions. Um, I'll share an example. Um, Please, Um, this one is going to be a little bit graphical, a little bit. So I don't want to leave you guys with the wrong impressions. I don't want to give you guys ideas. Uh, I'm just going to share something that really I understood this passage. So please understand me. Um, I went. My company sent me to Georgia, um, to the state of Georgia, to do training for a week, and um, I took along somebody with me. Um, we did some activities on one of the days that I took, uh, that uh, we did there, and and I don't know. I was like, I'm on kind of somewhat of a vacation, uh, so I was like, hey, I kind of would love to go get a massage. So I went out to get a massage. I found this place in the evening, went out there, and um, perfect day to end the day. Except when I got in there, I'm like, man, this person doing massages something's fishy here. Something's just not right. I'm like, thanks for the complaints, compliments, but man, this is a little too much compliments. A couple minutes right before, right before she finishes, this individual's like, do you want to have an affair? And I sat there, I'm like, I already saw it coming. And I'm, I, I kind of embarrassed her a little bit as she walked out. But I sat there afterwards and like, I'm sitting there. How easy it was to not remain pure there. You're in a room. Nobody knows. Nobody sees. No nothing. Okay, I'm speaking to mature to mature people. Purity is easy to lose. It's easy to lose. But there's a heavy consequence for that too. Um, I say this because I think we live in a time where things need to be a little more black and white. Sex before marriage is a sin, and there's consequences, heavy consequences, before behind that. God forgives. God forgives, and I believe in the grace of God that he can restore, but there's consequences for that. I thought, I thought for myself, what would happen if I said yes? Well, what would have been the outcome? Number one, I'm stripped away from serving people. Not only that, I'm stripped away from looking at my future wife with, with, with happiness. I'd look at her with shame and guilt. I will never be able to forget. Not only that, it would be hard to forgive myself too. And so, um, I speak on behalf of the word of God. I'm taking responsibility for, that, for the word that I say. I'm willing to pay the cost for it. But that's what the Bible teaches us. There's, there's a consequence that comes out of that. I'm not staying pure. Um, you're thinking, I'll never get to that point. You know, every, a lot of people that I talked to that got to that point said it started from just surfing the web. Allowing yourself to go unguarded here. Because as soon as you get unguarded here, it's a matter of time before it gets into actions. So I want to challenge us. What if we were to live a life of purity today? What if we pay the cost? We're not living in a culture that, 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 that accepts that. Uh, there was this, if you look into history, the 90s, late 90s was the purity culture where people were you know, after purity. But then people went away from that. People said, this is not a lifestyle that we want. This is not this and that. Let people say what they want, but that's what the Bible says. The Bible calls us to purity. One of the reasons that we don't see God perhaps moving in our life so much is because God does not, does, it does not, is not in a place where there's, there's sin. God's with us. God's Holy Spirit's convicting us, speaking to us. But if we want to see God working even more powerful in our life, consider that it comes in a place out of purity. Consider that. And here's, here's what Apostle, or, or sorry, Apostle Paul writes to Timothy. Flee youthful passions. Run away from that. Second thing it talks about is righteousness. Pursue righteousness. I, I, I consider two aspects of this. Number one, there's a righteousness that we're clothed in when we accept Christ. This is the pure message of the gospel, very simplified. Our sin separated us from God. Our sin, no matter what it is, separated us to a point where we deserve death. The punishment for our sins deserve death. And in fact, in our own strength and our goodness, our, our, our maybe actions of any sort, we want to please God, forget it. You're wasting your time. You will never be able to please God enough for Him to say approved on your own by yourselves. But there's a way through Christ. Why? Because for our sin, there had to be a death. And in the heavenly court system, when we're gonna be there before Christ, before God, Uh, give an account for our for for our life there needs to be a death for the as a penalty for our sins but when we accept christ we also accept as a death that is sufficient and pleasing before god and that satisfies the righteousness of god what does that mean that means when we're going to be standing before god christ if we accept christ we accept his death and there's a death that is enough to cover our sins on our own we cannot do that on our own forget it no action is good enough no 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 face Uh, we, we won't be able to impress anybody with our good looks. And before God God God's a just God he's a loving God he's a just God and because he's so just he had to send his own son to find a way for us to be saved so if you say you know maybe there's other ways to heaven there isn't really another way because every other religion says about doing good works hoping to please God Christianity says you're only all groups will never be able to please God. But if you accept Christ, you accept His death, and that is enough to be accepted before God. There's a second side that talks about rewards, too. But here's this part that I'm talking about. Uh, when, we say, when it says He pursued righteousness, point number one, and this is step number one, accept Christ. Making the decision to accept Christ. But well, the Bible says that he clothes us with the clothing of righteousness. And before God, he makes us right. There's a second side to pursuing righteousness. And is this, as doing what's right. Doing what's right. Doing what's right. God left us his word. It's a big book, right? But he left us his word. And us living day by day by it, doing the right thing, that's also righteousness. Take a look at people like Job, Right? Take a look at people like Zacharias. It says that they were blameless before God, meaning not only only were they doing what the law required, but their day-to-day action, doing the right thing before the Lord was pleasing before God. So two things when it it says pursue righteousness, it says uh, I understand two things. Number one, doing the first and most important step in your life, and that's accepting Christ. But then second to it is constantly living a day-to-day, and why that's right. Uh, Point number three, a life of faith. Some people misunderstand or have this, my opinion, kind of skewed interpretation of of what faith is. Some people consider faith is is wishful thinking. What do you mean? Just name it and claim it. Like, you know what? I believe I'm gonna want that. And if I just believe enough, I'm gonna get what I want. There is there is one side when you when you make goals and achieve achieve them. That's the right thing. But faith is a little bit different, in my understanding. Faith, faith is hinging being obedient to the word of God take a look at all these the man of faith Abraham why was he a man of faith because God spoke to him God and Abraham took him for his word why was why was Noah a man of faith because when God spoke to him when everybody else was telling me that telling him that what you are are you okay Noah is everything okay here with you why are you building a, a a ship to when it's dry outside He took God at his word, and for that reason, we find Noah in the chapter 11 of Hebrews, a man of faith. Why? Because God spoke to him, and faith says, I'm going to take God for his word, and I'm going to be obedient to it. There is, I don't want any of us to, the reason I bring this up, I don't want us to confuse faith with wishful thinking. Wishful thinking says this, that, you know what, I want this, so I'm going to go after it. As long as I, you know, put a goal and reach it, then, you know, I'm going to go by faith. Um, Those are goals we set, if we named it. Those are goals we set and wants that we want to achieve. But the faith that the Word of God talks about is a faith that says, God, although I don't see a way out, you spoke to me and I'm going to stand on that. You know, there's people that launch ministry sometimes out of their own ambitions and desires. And for about two years, two, three years, you know, they, they're under this hype of doing things. But then there comes a point in time where, like, I ran out of fuel, out of energy, out of, out of hype. What do we do next? And if there's a word that God spoke to us, then we'll be able to hinge on that word and move forward. But if God didn't speak and all we were doing is just doing things out of our own desire and zeal, consider that, that that might be an ending to what we started. Consider that. God speaks today. God speaks today, and I want to encourage us, the Bible calls us to pursue. Pursue a life of faith. Pursue a life of obedience to His Word. Pursue a life when God speaks to us sometimes through, the, through our thoughts, sometimes in our prayers. God speaks to us through our parents. God speaks to us through sermons. God speaks very openly through the Word of God. Here, somebody said, uh, one, one of the preachers said this, if you want to hear the Word of God, Read the Bible. But if you want to hear the Word of God very audible, start um, read the Bible out loud. (laughs) And you'll hear the Word of God audibly. You know why? This is God's Word. (laughs) If you haven't practiced this, read the Word of God out loud. It might sound awkward sometimes, but sometimes you'll read it like, God, that's actually a good word that you spoke to me. You want to hear the Word of God out loud, start reading the Word of God out loud. You'll hear God's Word. This is His Word. Um, The next thing we're called to pursue is love. You know, our life is not meant to only love God, but God sends people in life. And the Bible calls us to live a life to love one another. Well, what is love? You know what's interesting about love? I've seen the love is most displayed or you are in need of love when you least want it. What do I mean by that? When people start hating you and somebody you actually choose to love, that's when you, it's displayed the most. There's moments when we love when we don't want to love. When we don't want to love. But God still calls us to do that. Love. Love one another. Love one another. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. Take uh, each other's burden. Pray even for your enemies. Um, I've seen the outcomes of praying for your enemies. God turns things around. And you start realizing. People start either running away from you. Because they're realizing, realizing that you're a person who, uh, who you can't mess around with. Or people's life has changed sometimes through our, our, our uh, loving character. When we love. God does something beautiful in somebody else's heart. And they sometimes become our best friends once in a while. I've seen that. The Bible talks about love, uh, uh, loving one another. How about this last part? Peace. Pursue peace. When I consider peace, there's two aspects once again. Number one, to be in peace with God is the same aspect that I talked about uh, righteousness. To, to accept Christ as our Lord and our Savior means to choose the life of peace. To be in peace with God. I've dealt with. I've allowed God to deal with the sin issue in my life. But there's a second side to, to, um, to peace. It is being in peace with one another. You know, I know people, I've, I've observed people who have not dealt with certain issues 30, 40 years back. And I've seen them that that chewed them up for the rest of their life. Back then she said or he said this thing to me. And, for now they, and family rivalries are happening because they haven't learned to make peace. In a small thing and something had to happen in, in in their childhood um i want uh, i was a teen um, i'm a teens leader as well in my church and i worked with teens for for some time i decided to take one day a group of people hiking uh, our teenagers to a hike and i don't know what hit me maybe i was too naive but we decided to eight mile round trip hike we went up four miles and four miles down it was awesome weather was perfect like the sun wasn't hitting hard But it was, like, still in that, like, 70s room temperature, a little clouds. When we, there was a point where we passed the clouds or where you can actually see the clouds. Beautiful. Weather was perfect. Uh, We had the proper snacks. There was this one young lady who had everything. I mean, everything was well. The only thing she did was she got shoes that were a little too tight on her. And they were great shoes, but they were just too tight on her. It was just just toe-to-toe. And she started walking, and she's like, man, I, my, my feet kind of hurt. We're like, you got this. You got this. We're like motivated. And she made it to the top. But then like after she got there, four miles, I was like, wait, there's another four miles down. Oh, my goodness. By the time she got down to the, uh, to the bottom, her toenails fell off. It was, it was that bad. I felt so bad. I was like, oh, my goodness. Like we got up, they were like, we turned back. I'm like, this is so uncomfortable. It was terrible. And... um You know, know, everything was okay afterwards. But a lesson for me, I observed, you can have the right company. You can have the right food, the right weather. You can have the right clothes. You can have the right group. You can have right everything. But if you don't have the right shoes on a hike, you're not going to get too far. Okay, let me do a little comparison. When the Bible talks about Ephesians that put on the armor of God, it says put on the helmet of Salvation, put on the breastplate of righteousness, put on the belt of truth, put on the uh, or take on the sword of the which is the sword which is the word of God, put take on the shield of okay, awesome. What does it say about the shoes? Readiness of the what gospel of what in the world does that have to do? Peace, you know what I realized. You can have the right ministry. You can have the right people in your life. When You can have everything. You can have giftings and everything. But if you haven't learned how to be peaceful with people, good luck getting anywhere. Because anything people say, you'll take offense at that. And you're not going to get far with offense. I've seen people who are gifted, who are prophetic word, but they haven't learned how to be peaceful with one another. Good luck to their ministry. It got capped off. It's the same as walking, trying to walk up up, up a hill with, with, with shoes that are too tight on you. Friends, there will be moments in our life when people will say things to us and we'll have the choice. Do we forgive them or do we embrace them with love or do we take offense at that? And when we take offense, we choose to say, my heart's not peaceful. And when we choose to say, my heart's not peaceful, good luck going forward in life. Good luck. Anything anybody says will offend you, will hurt you. One of the reasons today I've seen that that people are when people are so offensive when people take everything to heart when people and i'm not saying to be cautious it's good to be cautious to hear the opinions of other people it's good but let's allow the peace of god in our heart the bible says this that allow the the the, the peace of god which surpasses every understanding allow that to reign in your heart when somebody takes their offense filter it through love you know i'll forgive him this time i'll forgive her this time too I'll pray for her instead. I'll pray for him instead. And and if we do that, we'll be walking forward, and we won't hurt ourselves. Life will be much easier. Okay, I spoke five things. Let me connect it to you. If you go to the next slide. Here's, here's my little conclusion before we end up praying, a little challenge. Um, end times will be difficult because people will be selfish. People will be proud. People will be rude. People will be wicked, and people will be fake. But at the, at the same time, end times during the end times that we live in we also have an opportunity to be different how what if we pursued righteousness what if we pursued peace what if we pursued love what if we pursued purity and faithfulness and i did i did a little comparison here just looking at the two passage here what if we replaced righteousness instead of selfishness what if we replaced peace instead of being proud what if we replaced the love with being rude what if we replaced purity instead of being wicked? What if we replaced a life of faith instead of a, a, fake, a life of, 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 of being fake? I think we have the potential, we have the opportunity to be different in the times that we're living in today. We have the opportunity. Uh, my question today, and and uh, my main message today, I, I or the title of this message was this: What if you were told? What if you were told that there's more? would you grasp and go forward with it what if you were told that you can sing on worship and besides just being satisfied with singing a song you say you know what what if there was more what if there's more to just than just singing on stage what would that more look like what if you're told that you know what you preach and you're doing well but what if you're told that you know you, you think you've reached a cap in preaching but there's actually more What if you're maybe sitting behind the the soundboard over there? And you're like, I got this. I'm a professional. Without me, life never happens. You know, actually, I actually started at the soundboard when I was 14, 15. This guy, the main guy picked me up, and that was my first job. For three years, I did the soundboard. Uh, Let's say, say put it this way. If you're behind the soundboard, people are in need of you. Any practice doesn't go without you people are calling left and right it's an important ministry well you know there's a tendency to say you know it's just a soundboard a little couple buttons here and there and that. but what if you said you know what i hear the I, I click the buttons i've set up but i can be behind the soundboard be behind the soundboard and actually what if there's more here what if i told you that you're doing it there a barista at the cafe just serving people but i said you know what serving is just one aspect but you know i think there's more to that too what if I told you that you can be a college studying to be a doctor, or whatever, you're, or whatever you're studying, and, and you think, you know what, as long as I get my 4.0s and I get you know, this, this, my diplomas and I, I get these grades, and as long as that. What if I said, you know what, I think there's more to that. I'm not saying bluntly. I graduated with a bachelor's in electrical engineering. I had some great grades. I have a high-paying job right now. But I'm looking at all this, you know, great, it's there. But I'm realizing there's more to it what if i told you there's more to your life um then maybe sometimes you've you, you kind of put it in perspective what do you mean by, by that well, f- what if you limit yourself to say you know what this is all for me and i challenge you today to say you know what if what if somebody told you hey there's actually more to your life than you think perhaps you're in sin and you're like i don't know how i think this is it it's just me my misery and this i can't get up i've tried it a few times what if i said there's actually more to your life than you just sitting in in, in a sinful lifestyle what if I challenged you and said, you know what, consider, consider, consider that there's more to life, to the meaning of life. What if you said, you know, I've reached uh, God's working through me in a wonderful way. There's prof- maybe prophetic word or, or maybe there's giftings in my life. And I said, you know what, great, awesome. What if there's more? I know my, my challenge right now is kind of, kind of vague, kind of a challenge without much answers, so to speak. But I really want to see, and I do believe, we pray with our youth leaders. In fact, we just had a retreat not till this, this weekend. We're, we want our youth to be more on fire for the Lord. And one of the things I've seen is when we kind of let ourselves loose in this lifestyle and kind of live a fair, just everybody else living the same way. If we allow our life to live like, just like everybody else, then when the times, the Bible says the times will go difficult because people will be selfish, people will be wicked, we'll be caught in those traps. But if you consider God, You've placed me in this time, in this generation, at this age, with these people, in this church, and I don't think things happen for a coincidence. God, Lord, I've heard this message today that, what if I pursued righteousness? What if I pursued pursued love? What I, what if I pursue purity? What if I pursue faith? What if I, what if I pursue righteousness? What would happen? I'll be, I'll believe, and I know. I pray, and I know the Bible says that there's more to life. I want tonight to be more of an encouraging uh, night for you guys. Uh, I want to pray with you. Is that okay Uh, to pray? Um, We have this thing in our church. We do what's called an open altar or just up the front is is, is open. If there's anybody that comes, comes. If people don't come, people don't come. We want to pray with you tonight. Uh, We're going to have two prayers. Number one, I want to pray with anybody. Let's go ahead and stand up. I want to pray with anybody that kind of, Let's put it this way. Um, actually, we'll pray for the first day. If there's anybody that has not given their life to Christ, you can try to go on life pretty far. But if you haven't given your life to Christ, all the promises that we talked about, um, they don't have their full efforts. They don't have their full uh, power in your life. I want to give a, a, a challenge to some of you guys. Maybe you haven't yet made the decision to, to give your life to the Lord. I want to give you a challenge. I like this thing. Uh, one of the pastors, something that I've embraced is this. Accepting Christ in this journey to to. To walk, with Lord, to walk with the Lord, it's actually pretty simple. Simple is A, B, C. A, admit that you're a sinner, that you can't do things by yourself. Admit that you're a sinner. B, believe that God, or believe that the sacrifice of Jesus is enough. You will, never, you will never be able to pay back for your sins. So stop trying. Come to Christ. Accept his forgiveness. Accept his, uh, accept his, um, his forgiveness. Because the cross is enough to forgive every sin. Believe that see and then confess with your lifestyle live change your lifestyle in such a way that says now from now on going forward the lord is now the lord my savior and i want to do this i know it's for some it's like oh why do i have to do this but coming out to the front and saying public is saying lord i want to confess before you before the church today that i want my life to look different i don't want to go you know for me to talk about you need christ and i'll give an opportunity it's kind of pointless i want to give people an opportunity if you haven't accepted christ I want to pray with you today. I want to rejoice. You know, some people think it's the walk of shame. I think it's a walk of glory to come up to a friend and say, I accept Christ. Why? Because that's the beginning of the journey. That's joy to say that here's another person that, there's no guarantees, but another person that's committed and accepted Christ and is on a way to heaven. That should be joyful, not embarrassing. And We're here to, to be to applaud you, so to speak, to be happy with you. So if there's anybody that wants to make that decision, say, you know what, I want to choose the life of glory, the life of Christ, we'd love for you to come to the front. We'll have this first prayer. There's going to be a second prayer in just a few minutes, but let's give some time right now. If anybody wants to make their decision, say, I want to give my life to Christ, please come to the front.